Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Big Money CJ, we are a little over a year away from best on best international hockey finally happening again at the men's level. And you, alongside uh, Dom Lushizen and uh, Eric Duhachik at The Athletic, decided to come up with these projected rosters for what uh, Team USA, Team Canada, Team Sweden, and Team Finland would look like at this Four Nations, I guess that's a tentative name we're going to go with here, at this Four Nations tournament that is scheduled to uh, go down in 2025. Really worthwhile exercise, really fun to do. What was that like? Oh, man. I went way down the rabbit hole, like to the point, you know, especially when I'm doing the Finnish and Swedish rosters, I like, I sent what I was thinking to colleagues I have that work in those countries uh, just to bounce it off to see if I was missing something, because obviously the view from afar sometimes is a little different than, than how certain players are viewed. And, you know, there's, there's tough choices, especially when you get to the Canadian and the U S rosters. Uh, it's funny because you're sweating over, essentially a fourth defense pairing, like the seventh and eighth D you're sweating over the 13th and 14th forward, or sometimes even the fourth line, depending you're, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out, you know, particularly again with the U S and Canadian decision makers, like, what do you want your fourth line to look like? You know, I've got Kyle Connor on the U S fourth line right now, because it's just hard to find a spot for him up the lineup, even as great Underrated. of a goal scorer as he is. But I'm like, would the team USA want him on a fourth line or do they want maybe a different element there? I mean, that's, that's a debate, obviously, that their management staff will happen have like that kind of debate. I'm not saying specifically to Kyle Connor, but you know, you get to the after after there's sort of obvious picks, I think, at the top of the you know, the food chain with Team Canada. Like you know you're gonna have Connor McDavid on the first line. I don't think there's much debate about that. But once you get in and you're filling out the third and fourth line and all that, it's 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 a lot. So it was it was really fun. It was it took me several, several hours. <laughs> I made phone calls, like I didn't just I didn't just do it lightly. I I I sort of did a mock-up and I like left it for a bit and came back. Anyway, I probably took it too literally. I probably took it too seriously. Um, but I sort of feel like if you're going to do it, you should actually try to pick how you would choose it today. I mean, I don't th This tournament, we should be clear, is not going to be played till February, 2025, assuming everything goes well with negotiations and the planning. Um, but I, you, you kind of have to pick it like you're picking today. Like, cause I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. You know, so someone like Sam Reinhardt, who's having a, a monster season down in Florida, you know, earns a spot for me on the fourth line for Team Canada. Maybe if Reinhardt falls off next year, he won't even really be part of the conversation. But you can't, you can't know that. So I, that that's part of it is projection of of where players will be. But also, I think you just kind of have to go off the moment, and that's how I got there. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you want to break this down, but it was, uh, it was a lot. I think I'll say too, no spoiler alert here, but Team USA has got to be favored on paper, on the paper version of this tournament. We'll spend a good chunk of time looking at the Canadian and American rosters, and we'll definitely touch off on Sweden and Finland as well. We could probably start with Team Canada. I, I was thinking of kind of going quickly line by line and uh, mentioning the extras, but then also the defense pairings and the goaltending as well. Let's let's see how far we can go through it with this one. Team Canada, not that surprising. You have Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Connor Bedard on a line. Uh, Brad I Marchand. chose chaos with that line on purpose. You did. You did. I but, chose uh, chaos. I mean, that's the one chance we might get to see that line. Second line, you have Brad Marchand, Nathan McKinnon, Matthew Barzal there. 
Mark Stone, Braden Point, Mitch Marner's another line, Zach Hyman, John Tavares, and Sam Reinhart, another line, Mark Shifley and Steven Stamkos as extras, Devin Tays, Kale McCarr as a pairing, Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo as another pairing, Josh Morrissey and Drew Doughty as well, um, Morgan Riley and Aaron Ekblad as extra defensemen, and your goaltenders. I'm very intrigued about this. Aiden Hill, Jordan Bennington, and on the subject of you picking guys who are in form, Cam Talbot is your number three goalie on this team. I'm very intrigued about your selection process. Well, let's start at the top with the forwards. Here's, here's I think, what Team Canada's management staff will first have to reckon with. You've got Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, and Nathan McKinnon. They're all natural centers. Do you want to play them as the one, two, three centers on the team, or do you shift one of them to the wing? And, and I'm concluding here that I think they'll shift one of those players to the wing. I, I, I think you do have two options. I think you could, with Nathan McKinnon's speed, I think he could fit well as a, as a right winger on one of the, the top two lines. I've opted to go with Sidney Crosby on the wing. You know, Crosby has said publicly that, that he would welcome a move to the wing to play with Connor McDavid in this type of an event. I think it makes sense. I mean, he's having a monster year still right now, but, you know, he's an older guy. I mean, it gives him – it reduces his responsibility slightly on the ice. Uh, and, and if Canada has a weakness, and I'm not really saying it's a weakness, but they don't have a ton of natural left wingers, I would say, to, to fill out these lines. I mean, Brad Marchand is, is, to my eyes, clearly the best natural left wing um, that's Canadian. But to me, it makes sense if you're shifting one of those centers over – if Crosby's the oldest of the trio, if he's willing to do it, which he said he is, to move him over and have him play left wing on the top line with McDavid. So that's, that's kind of how I got to this, the top of this roster, right? And then the next decision is, okay, Canada has all kinds of skilled, amazing right wing potential players, including, as I mentioned, you could be Nathan McKinnon if you moved him over. But then, you know, I've moved Connor Bedard away from center for the purpose of this exercise. You've got Matthew Barzell and Mitch Marner, who I think, equally could be on that top line when, when all is said and done. And so that's, that's kind of how I got there with the top lines. Like, you know, I think that Marchand and Crosby had so much success in the 2016 world cup, obviously skate together. I think team Canada where it can opts for familiarity. Um, and so you might see those players play. Maybe it could be a second line with, with Crosby in the middle. I mean, the truth is, is the coach of this team, whether it's John Cooper or whoever it ends up being, will have all kinds of mix and match opportunities because team Canada is strongest to my eyes down the middle of the ice. Um, I mean, you got Braden point. I mean, I I've made John Tavares, the, the fourth line center. I think honestly, I really like my fourth line here. As I was mentioning yeah. earlier, like the, the debate is tough because you, you don't just all want scorers everywhere. I mean, someone's going to have to kill penalties in, in these tournaments, you know, I don't think you deploy a fourth line, like a shutdown line per se, the way you might in an NHL. But, you know, I think you want a certain amount of grit or board play. And I think, you know, Hyman Tavares Reinhardt does bring a little bit of edge and, and certainly players that can play, you know, well in tight spaces. You have some familiarity with Hyman and Tavares having played together in Toronto before. Um, you know, this is where it gets tough with with the last picks, right? In this case, I've, I've brought Steven Stamkos and Mark Shifley. With Stamkos, this is my reasoning over 500 NHL goals. Like that's a lot to leave at home. I realize in this tournament at five on five, you're probably, he's probably not seeing a ton of ice time just with the players above him and where he's at in his career, but he can clearly play on a power play. If you get an injury or something that requires you to need another option up the lineup, you know, you would have no trouble rolling him out on the top line or the second line. I just think he's not, 
he's not above the players that are there just at this stage of his career. You know, I think Shifley can, can bring some different elements, you know, among the guys that I had to, to leave off here, Ryan Nugent Hopkins having a great season. Um, you know, there's, there's team Canada, man. Like someone's going to someone, you can't bring everyone, right. That's, that's no. the thing. And so that's, that's kind of how I've landed on this lineup. You know, it'd be interesting to see where Mark Stone's at, but you know, he won a Stanley cup. I, th- I think he's still there right now. Um, but you know, he's getting into his thirties and um, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with the, the forwards. The, the defense is a little, it's, it's harder and easier at the same time because I know that hockey Canada really likes to uh, because I know this, that they like to keep pairings together. Like why overthink it? You've got Devin Taves and Kale McCarr who don't exclusively play together, but have played a lot together in Colorado and they've won a Stanley cup together. You've got Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo who have played a lot together and have won a cup in the last year in Vegas. I, I think that you keep those pairings together and, and you know, especially McCarr obviously is, you know, at this point in time, he's Canada's number one D man. And so I, I think it makes a lot of sense to bring them. And then, you know, you're in a tough spot. You know, I, I'm not ignoring the great seasons that you're, you're seeing from Evan Bouchard in Edmonton, Noah Dobson on Long Island, both playing a lot of minutes. Bouchard's on pace for like 90 odd points as a defenseman. But I just don't know if they fit in this kind of event fully because, you know, uh, they're both right shots. You know, Canada's loaded down the right side. I've opted to keep Drew Doughty on this team. I think that that, that will be a debate at, at that point in time. I just think he's still effective enough and and I love – I love the experience level. Like this guy was in the 2010 Olympics, right? He's, he's done everything. He's seen everything. I think he'll, he'll calm the game down. You know, Josh Morrissey's emerged these last couple of years as a top defenseman. And then I went with Riley Ekblad as the fourth pairing. They actually played together for team North America. They were the top pairing yes, for team did. North America. Uh, you know, I think Riley's had a bit of an under the radar, strong season in Toronto. What I like about him is if you watch the Leafs last couple of playoff runs, he's really elevated in those big games. I think, you know, Again, in this tournament, he might end up being scratched. Too. Like, I don't know, because you usually uh, typically dress seven defensemen, and I've, but, but you have eight on the roster. And then Aaron Ekblad uh, was a monster for, for Florida last year. So that's, that's kind of how I got there. Um, what about your no goal? matter what, there's going to be a good player on the cutting room floor. Uh, and that's, and that's, but, you know, you got to make that choice. And so I actually like this group. I, I spent a lot of time getting to the, what you see before you and what you saw in the, the article on the athletic. And then, you know, the goaltending. Uh, eh? Well, yeah. here's the thing. Let's give Aiden Hill some credit here. What Canada really doesn't have, like, I think there's, I think there's a misconception. Um, what Canada doesn't have is a surefire alpha male top goalie, the way Canada always has. If you go back to whether it was Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur, Roberto Luongo, Carey Price in his prime, the Canada always went into this tournament with like almost no debate about, I mean, maybe some debate about who the number one was, but, but they had top of the league goaltending. Aiden Hill won a Stanley cup for Vegas last year. And if you look at the start to this season, he's been dy- dynamite. Like, like there's nothing to me that says he can't get the job done. We just don't know how, cause he doesn't have the pedigree of coming up and being a world junior star and having played in these events for team Canada, carrying the mail, you know, it's just a bit of an unknown, unknown. That's why I brought Jordan Biddington as the backup. You know, I think, you know, he also has that Stanley Cup pedigree, um, you know, has been part of the Hockey Canada program a bit more in the past. You know, I'm not feeling as great about this as the U.S. probably is with, with their goaltending trio. And then Cam Talbot, I think you bring as a third goaltender. You either bring someone young or you bring someone older who's on form in case. It's like break in case of emergency. And so that's, that's, that's kind of how I got 
to, to Cam Talbot. Um, you know, there's a few other players you, you could opt for in that position, but I, I think you, I think because you're not sure entering the tournament, like, is this going to work? I weirdly with Canada's number three, I think you almost bring that number three thinking they might have to play games, even though it's a short event. Um, and Cam Talbot certainly has played very well for LA this season. So you're not comfortable with bringing in a Stuart Skinner in that position. I, I think I'm less comfortable. You know, if, when we go through the other rosters, in some cases I have brought sort of the next up and coming guy that, that could be there for experience. We've seen Canada do both, right? Like I think Ed Belfour was a third goaltender late in his career in one of those Olympic runs for Canada. But then you also had like a young Mark Andre Fleury in, in 2010 as the third goalie. Like, I think there are two approaches, but you know, when you were bringing Mark Andre Fleury, but you had Martin Brodeur and Roberto Luongo, like you didn't really think it was, it was good experience for Fleury, but you didn't bring him with the intent to play him truly. Right. But I think because the, no matter how this shakes down, I think there's going to be some questions about Canada's number one or two, even if you make a different choice. And I make, I mean, you, maybe you're picking Logan, Logan Thompson, you know, Aiden Hill's teammate in Vegas. Who's Carter had a pretty good well. year. Um, exactly. Like maybe you're bringing one of those players, but if you do, I still think you're going to want a third that you might have to use. Okay. Let's get to team USA, uh, a team, that will likely be regarded as the favorite. And why not with the roster that they have? Jason Robertson, Austin Matthews, Clayton Keller as a first line. CJ, that's a dirty first line. Brady Kachuk, uh, Jack Hughes, and Matthew Kachuk on another. That's that's That might even You need the Kachuk brothers the on the line, right? It's yes, funny, like do. I gave you like a hockey breakdown of why I picked Canada's top lines. My, but the Team USA, I'm just like, well, you need the Kachuk brothers playing together. So like that, obviously. So that's not really a hockey reason, but I just thought it made sense. That's still a sick line. Then you have Jake Gensel, Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel's a third line center on this team. This you talk about Canada's strength down the middle. I mean, Team USA strength down the middle. You can't sleep on that. Jake Gensel, Jack Eichel, JT Miller uh, uh, as a right winger on that line. Kyle Connor, Dylan Larkin, Alex DeBrinkett as well. Uh, and then you have Tage Thompson and Joe Pavelski as extra forwards. Quinn Hughes and Charlie McAvoy as a pairing. Luke Fox, Luke Hughes and Adam Fox as a pairing. Jacob Slavin and uh, Jacob Truba, two Jacobs. Uh, as a pairing, and then Zach Redsky and Brock Faber uh, as extra defensemen, and then your goaltenders: Connor Hellebuck, Thatcher Demko, Jake Ottinger. Jeez, and you didn't even include Brock Besser or Jay or John Carlson or Patrick Kane, uh, who's now back with the Detroit Red Wings. Let's talk about Team USA for a bit. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to the point with Team USA where it's it's truly like Team Canada, where you're you're guaranteed to leave off one or two or three or four or five players that you really want to take, but there's roster limitations and. You know, obviously, I, I I will say, like, the first weakness I see with the team I picked is I'm not sure you go with that as your fourth line. But I also didn't know where else to put Dabrinkit. Um, You know, I think it makes sense to play him with Larkin. Yeah. I, I want Larkin on my team, but you're not putting Larkin above Eichel, Jack Hughes, or Austin Matthews as a center. I So it kind of by default makes Larkin your fourth liner. Like, maybe you drop JT Miller down there. Like, you can see me having the, the wrestle match here, but... But you have a, you you know, have a this fourth is, line with Dylan Larkin as your center and two 40-goal scorers on his left and right. Like, th that is a... I right. mean, And maybe you do man. that. Maybe, like, I talked about the Chaos Canada first line that I've made. Like, maybe you go for Chaos at Team USA and you just lean into, like, we can overwhelm you with four lines. Now, there's not in a lot of ice time probably for that fourth line, if we're being honest. And, you know, that's why maybe someone like Tage Thompson you know, with his size, like, like brings a different element could be on that line. You know, Pavelski, I, I just think 
you want his experience level, but you know, he's still at age 39, just keeps going and going, and going, having some of his best productive seasons, these last couple of years at an age where you just don't see that happen. You know, he was part of the 2010 Olympic team too. I talked about Drew Doughty bringing that experience. I, I like Pavelski there, especially if you're not bringing Patrick Kane and, and, you know, team USA. And for good reason, Patrick Kane has been a loyal soldier for them. He's went to the world hockey championships, obviously played multiple Olympics, um, you know, world juniors, the whole bit. I, I'm guessing if he's in any kind of form, they're going to try to add him to the roster. I just don't think I could do that in good faith right now. I mean, we have to see where he's at uh, with with some time on his hip resurfacing. But if he's in any kind of form, I think they even bring him as an extra forward. And then so one of these players can't come. And as you mentioned, I left off Brock Besser having a monster year. Um, you know, a number of other guys. The other thing about the U.S. that that like – you, I haven't really thought about until they do the exercise. They are stacked on a blue line nowadays too. Yeah. Like the right side, like I think I'm not sure how much attention he paid to Brock Faber. He's, he's really early in his career, less than 40 NHL games, but like he is a horse. He's been playing over 30 minutes a night, you know, the, of late here, the wild have had some injuries. He's just an excellent player for getting the puck going the other direction. And I've got him as an extra essentially, but you know, on the right side of the blue line, am I putting him above Charlie McAvoy? No. Adam Fox, Norris Trophy winner. Is he going above no. there? Jacob Truba, who I just think, you know, on your third pairing in this kind of event, like you you want someone who can lay a big hit. Uh, you want someone with his experience. Like, it's just hard to find a spot for these guys. Like, that's why I know people see these lists of like, you idiot, you left off this guy or whatever. But it's like, okay, but in actual, like real life, let's look at this. Who is he playing above? Uh, and, you know, I've had to then leave off a guy like John Carlson on this team. who I think, you know, he's done a lot for the team USA. Like he might ultimately make the team, but I, I just couldn't find room for him. You know, Quinn Hughes and Luke Hughes, you know, I love that Jacob Slavin really underrated player. And then Zach Wierenski, I mean, great skater. I just think that this is where you have to go. And then you, I mean, the, the good side of your team USA is you've got sick goaltending. The downside is you can only play one of these guys at a time. Right. So it, it even though you have Hellebuck and Demko and Ottinger and, and, and there's, they have other options too, you know, only one is in the crease at the same time. And so they have certainly more depth than any team at that position. No question, but you still got to choose the right player to, to win you a, a you know, one-off game if, if you get to the final or what have you. So, you know, just, just a stacked roster from top to bottom. And as I say, for me, it's the best on paper. The, the question will be though, like, Connor McDavid still the best player in the world. Sidney Crosby is playing like an absolute animal. Uh, you have Connor Bedard. We don't know what he'll do in that sort of tournament, but you know we saw what he's done in the World Juniors in the past. Like the top end of Canada's roster might pull ahead of this U.S. roster, but I'm not saying that with any amount of confidence. Certainly not. You know, just looking at it all on paper. You could find the full lists on uh, the Athletic website for Team Sweden and Team Finland as well if you want to see what CJ picked for both teams, but just really quickly here, what was it like going through the process for both? Well, Finland, you know, really almost every NHL player gets on this list because the, the way the rules are going to work for this tournament, there'll be no players that are permitted to play overseas. You know, there's 40 odd Finns in a league. We're, we're picking a 23 man roster. So, you know, it, it wasn't that difficult in that case because a lot of the choices were made for me. Probably my biggest quote unquote snub is Vili Huso here. Um, you know, I, I kind of went with UC Soros. I went Kevin Lankinen as their backup goaltender because, you know, he won a world hockey championship for Finland was very good for them. Believing he was named the top goaltender of that tournament. 
And obviously he and Saros play together in Nashville. And then I, I went with Ukko Pekalukkanen. I went with the young goaltender, uh, UPL, uh, as he's affectionately known in Buffalo. I went for him with the young goaltender route in the third spot for them. And so I just couldn't find for who. So, you know, I know in, in bouncing this off uh, some Finnish colleagues, they, they, they thought my biggest oversight was not having Huso on a team. Uh, so maybe it's Lankinen that gets bumped, but you know, we have to remember a, a team like Finland, you know, the fact that, that Lankinen has had that success for them at the world championship level. Well, that's not a tournament that gets as much attention in North America that will carry some weight. I think with the, the Finnish decision makers, you know, team Sweden's going to be fun. Um, I go with Philip Forsberg, Elias Pettersson, William Nylander as the top line. Now, there's some other things you can do there. I mean, I, I think it's Pettersson and Nylander for sure, making up two-thirds of that top line. Um, you know, maybe you put someone like Adrian Kempe there. Pretty speedy. Like, that that could be pretty delicious. I've got Kempe on my third line in doing this. Um, you, you just don't quite have the same depth with Sweden um, but you know, certainly on the blue line, I had to I had to leave off Matthias Ekholm, who I really like as a player. But I look at the left side of their blue line; like you got Rasmus Dahlin and Victor Hedman, one two. And I don't think there's any debate there. Then you get to Jonas Brodin and Hampus Lindholm. I've got Hampus Lindholm as a fourth option on the left side of the blue line. I just I can't I couldn't find a spot above any of those players for Ekholm. Um, but yeah, I think Sweden will be a good team. You know, you've got Linus Allmark and and. Jacob Markstrom, I went uh, I went young uh, for for you know by putting Gus the bus on there, Gustafson yes, as their third goaltender from Minnesota. Um, you know maybe maybe someone else would do it differently, but you know it's pretty clear to me on paper. I have this as Team USA first, like just looks like the best roster. Team Canada, then Team Sweden, then Team Finland. But and this is a big but, Finland has won so much in international hockey at under 18, under 20 at the, the men's level on the men's side of the game, the Finns play a certain way. Um, you know, they still have top end talent, you know, the Finnish top line. I, I didn't know what to do with the left side for sure, but I, but I got Barkov and Rantanen as two thirds of that line. You can put Aho and line a as two thirds of it, you know, in the second line, like they, they still have some, some scoring talent there. And I just think the Finns punch above their weight, the, the, the collective is better than some of the individual names um, when it comes to these Finnish national teams. So I wouldn't rule them out of this event by any means, but just, just on strength of roster alone, I'm going USA, Canada, then Sweden, then Finland. Also, we don't know. I mean, we've talked about the tournament taking place in 2025. We don't know if it's going to eventually get to like a bracket style where you have, which, and, and we're trying to figure out which teams on the other side of a bracket. I'm very curious if uh, I mean that ultimately dictates like if we'll get a Canada USA final or a Canada Finland final or a USA Sweden final, we still have to wait for that. I think, We're still ways away from that. I think somehow I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but my understanding is it's going to be Sweden and Finland play at the start of the tournament and Canada and the US play, and then there's like a crossover where they each play a semifinal. So you could still get Canada US in the final if they both won their semi. So I don't know exactly how many games we're talking about. It sounds like potentially two locations. So maybe. Maybe they have part of this tournament in, in Europe, the Sweden Finland part. Like I, I think that would make some sense, but um, you know, we, those this, those decisions are still being made. It, nothing's been finalized, but yeah, we just you know it's the holidays. Why not have some fun with with these rosters? And as I say, I think I I wasted so many brain cells thinking about this for like it's still a hypothetical event. Uh, I'm sure Dom and, and Eric did the same, and and as you see, we had some different choices on our rosters, but uh, 
this was my my best foot forward uh, from a year out. The funny thing is, is that like normally you're with your buddies and you're just hanging out, and then someone just says, "Hey, let's come up with this roster for Team Canada." You actually went through the trouble of putting together all this work and going above and beyond. That's why you're so good at your job, CJ. Well, it's funny because it, the the ask came from my editor Jake Leonard, and when he when he said it, I just said, "Oh no," <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> It's not because I didn't want to do it. It's because it was a good idea, but I knew I was going to like, I wasn't just going to slap it together and send it in. I knew it was going to require like phone calls and thought. And um, it was actually, it really ended up being a fun way to spend a chunk of my December here leading up to Christmas time as I finalized that. But it, it was, I just knew it was going to be like, I think that they throw those things out just like, like, oh, you could just do this off the top of your head. But you can't, if you're doing it any justice, you really have to weigh the decisions that, you can anticipate the management teams will make. And, you know, I'm sure I didn't, I'm sure I wouldn't have got this exactly right. Whether it's Doug Armstrong or Ken Holland or whoever ends up putting together team Canada, they, they probably might look at this list and go, you idiot, Johnston. <laughs> so we would never with this player or with that pairing or that line or whatever. We will obviously Ronnie, we don't think of you as an idiot. You should go check out uh, CJ's uh, picks for Canada, USA, Sweden, and Finland. Before we go back in the day, I worked at the Canadian press in the run up to the 2010 uh, Olympics and they had me do a, a Canadian men's roster from at least a year out, maybe longer. And I, I updated it every month. And I remember once Steve Eisenman chiding me about my, my choices about that. I saw him somewhere like playfully, no. but you know, like, it's just funny that the actual, you know, person in charge of uh, picking that team was like looking at the roster to see what the media was saying. And uh, yeah, I What's one chiding. specific criticism he told you about that. I wish I remember. It's honestly, oh. so that's, that's faded with time. You know, that's, that's almost 14 years ago. Crazy enough, as crazy as that sounds, but I, I just remember him once sort of like, it was, it was very playful. It was not mean spirited, but he was just like, yeah, you know, it's so much easier, I guess, to pick this thing in abstract than it is to be the one who puts your name on the roster and actually has to make the phone calls to the players and try to build the team. Absolutely. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode of the CJ show. In the meantime, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts on audio, subscribe to the STPN YouTube channel. So you can check out our podcast and more podcasts for CJ. I'm Julian. So long. And peace. The Chris Johnston show inside the game twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at reporter Chris and follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie.